Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, he is the G League Coach of the Year, the head coach of the Salt Lake City Stars, Martin Schiller, with us here on The Big Show. Coach, congratulations. That honor's got to feel pretty good. Absolutely does. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I wonder, Jake and I wouldn't know what it's like to be the best at what you do better than anyone else. So we we (laughs) wondered what that felt like. It must feel pretty good. (laughs) It's funny. It's it's great. It's uh, it's a very nice honor. And, uh, you know, we... My my GM Bart Taylor got the executive of the year, so so that's uh, really sweet because it you know documents the team effort that it has been you know. So this has uh, been your your third season with the Stars, and I know it's been a real building process. And I remember talking to you when you first took the job, and you talked about that. Does this feel like it's it's a little gratification not only for this season's work, but over the stretch of your time with the Stars? Yes, a hundred percent. It's really a, a complete building building process, and you 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 uh, phrase it perfectly. It's not not only this season. It's kind of a everything adding up, you know, and working and putting pieces together and grinding throughout the summers, trying to put the teams together and uh, you know and 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 working and working and working. So yes, I'll agree. It's it's more the three years altogether than only this one. So, Martin, how do you make decisions based on, like, when you're in the thick of a game and you want to win, but you also want to develop your players and put them in positions where they can grow, how do you make those decisions? Uh, I mean, this is a pretty philosophical question, but it's kind of the key question for our league, right? And I think um, one of the biggest things for us was that we – decided for ourselves that winning is important and that uh, development of players goes hand in hand with it you know nobody says the one doesn't work with the other actually actually the opposite you know we feel it's it's a big topic to teach guys how to win you know and so we kind of made it a big topic um, uh, to win <laughs> and it was important for us and uh, the the winning part uh, is so to speak a part of the development of the players you know also from a mentality standpoint so uh, that's how those two things go together philosophically now practically speaking you know yes the guys have to develop certain guys have to develop in certain ways you've got the assigned guys from coach Snyder down with us well they are going to play a certain amount of minutes and this is not going to change you know so so um, it is a little bit you know you play both ends but again the, the, the winning is important Martin Schiller is with us here on the big show on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How frustrating uh, frustrating was it not to have kind of finality with this season for everything just to end so abruptly? That had to be hard. 
Yes, it was very frustrating in the beginning because we had just uh, ended on a six-game winning streak, and we had actually qualified for the playoffs as the only team in the West. So I thought we had legit chances, uh, you know, of competing for the whole thing. Um, but uh, after that frustration, after the initial frustration, we kind of, or I personally kind of came to the conclusion that, first of all, we can't change it. That's the one thing. And the second thing was, that we were actually in a good position to stop it. You know, we were qualified for the playoffs. We had won the showcase, the winter showcase. So we had a trophy in our, in our, uh, you know, trophy room. And I'd rather finish like this than finish um, sixth, seventh, or eighth, not really knowing if I would have made the playoffs or not, you know. Um, yeah, I hope this answers the question. So what happens, obviously the NBA is going to gather in Orlando. What happens with your players and your league moving forward? And uh, do you know, is there a plan in place? And how will it, how will it unfold if there is? as I know, the league's supposed to start up two weeks after the NBA starts next season. So uh, whenever that is, right? The last thing I heard was middle of December. But again, like it's very, very goes hand in hand with the NBA. So it's kind of a waiting game. And then as soon as the NBA knows what they're going to do for 2021, the G League is probably going to start two weeks later is what I heard. Stars coach Martin Schiller with us here on the big show. I want to ask you kind of a a G League related question. Uh, They're changing some of the rules and some of the pay scale and actually creating a new team to maybe entice some of these players that would traditionally have gone to college to go the G League route instead. Your thought on on that particular circumstance and team and uh, what you would counsel maybe players deciding between G League and college? Um, You know, I think... uh as far as I understand, they're going to have the team based in Los Angeles and they're going to compete with the other G League teams, but they're not going to compete on a regular base, which means they're going to play like a certain amount of games, which will not count, so to speak. You know, so it's just scrimmages during the season. Uh, so it really doesn't affect us directly. You know, it's like, okay, if we play another game and so be it, right? Um, I think it is an effective way for the NBA to keep high prospect high school kids in America. Uh, in the last two years, um, a couple of the, those kids have been lost to Australia. Australia has got a very interesting uh, setup for, for those kids who decide to make money right away are good enough to play in the pros uh, already, but too young to be drafted. And I think this is a pretty good way for the NBA to keep these guys in North America. So, Martin, as you're uh, putting together your various, uh, you know, uh, attacks at the offensive end and, and structuring defense. Do you coordinate that with Quinn? Do you try to replicate what the Jazz try to do? Or, again, does it go back to, okay, this is the talent that we have and, and this is how we can best utilize it in order to win games? Um, the, the, key, the key for Quinn and myself is that um, the assigned players, so the guys can go up and down, right? So let's say Nigel Williams-Goss, who played quite a bit with us. Let's say Mie Oni, right? Or also the two-way guys. Um, um, those guys who bounce up and down from one to the other team have to be able to play with us right away without a lot of practice. 
because that's the reality of how it works, you know. So our stuff has to be, uh, uh, like, easy and crisp enough for them to jump in right away. And that's the main thing, you know. As, as long as I can create that on both ends of the floor, uh, everything is good. Like, that's, that's the main thing. Having said that, of course... Uh, uh, a lot of stuff is, um, you know, similar, and especially philosophically, it's the same. You know, like philosophically, we're a defensive program, a program that defends, and we're a program offensively that is a lot about moving the basketball and not so much about isolated basketball. You know, so those things, uh, as long as we have those in check, um, uh, Quinn is good with, uh, with whatever we do. So you communicate back and forth with him, and all of that is understood. Yes, exactly, exactly. Coach Martin Schiller with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Coach, there are, are several, well, many examples of guys that you've coached who have had success at the NBA level. But I want to ask you specifically about Tony Bradley. It, it's got to make you feel pretty good to see a guy like that really latch on to an opportunity with the Jazz. He played so well this year. That's got to, to, to make you feel good seeing his hard work pay off. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, Tony was, I mean, a classic G League case, right? He left school after one year in North Carolina. He was very young when he was drafted, and he needed to play in order to get better, right? So that's what the G League is is about, right? And, um, yeah, he played for us for two years. Uh, uh, our big man assistant coach, Nathan Peavy, worked extremely hard with him. And uh, I think it was only a question of time, you know, until uh, until he, he gets there. You know, it was really like a young guy who's got to get older and get more mileage, you know, just play more basketball, you know. So, yes, that's that's what it's about. Yep. So, Martin, will you tell us uh, – this is kind of a big question, but I, and it's hard to talk about yourself sometimes – but will you uh, take our listeners on your journey um, and how you got from uh, where you came from to where you are now? Tell us – give us your, your autobiography. Um, so, I, I played basketball. I'm from Germany, and uh, my – I played basketball, but like high school basketball, I figured out when I was 17 that I'm not going to become a pro, which has always been my dream. And then, uh, like, I got worse. You know, the older I got, I got worse, like, compared to the others, you know. <laughs> so I figured that out pretty quickly. And uh, and the next closest thing to becoming a pro basketball player was being a coach, you know. So, so it really, like, went from there. I went on to study. I studied, like, sports economy, like sports management but only because it was the closest to coaching. And then I started coaching, like, in the youth leagues in Germany, which uh, Germany and Austria, which is, like, equivalent to high school. And then I um, coached in the first league uh, in Germany, like, as an assistant coach. I, I kind of got in there, you know, was there for seven years, got lucky to coach on the German national team, world championships to European championships. And then... Um, and then um, it kind of got connected here with the Jazz because Alex Jensen, our lead assistant here with Quinn, he was with us with the German national team as an assistant coach. And uh, he kind of put my name in the, uh, on the list, you know, so I got a chance to compete for the, for the job. And, and, and then I, I got here, you know. So, I mean, that's in a nutshell, right? But, but that's kind of how, how the story went. 
So, Coach, what are you going to do to celebrate? Um, I I think I'm going to drink some whiskey and smoke a cigar. All right. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like a pretty good way to celebrate. How do you like living in Utah? Oh, it's a unique place, right? Like, I'm, I'm very serious about this. Like, it's, uh, I liked it from the first second on. I, I don't know how you guys are, but to me, like, if you uh, jump off a plane, you can usually figure out pretty quickly if you like a place or not. And uh, when I came here for my first interview, I flew in from Germany. Like, I really liked it right away. Uh, it's like the mountains don't get old, right? The climate is fantastic. And I think uh, one really beautiful thing about it is from a mental standpoint is that nobody knows about it, right? So it's like, it's it's kind of a secret. Uh, so I, I really enjoy it. I've got a family. I've got two little ones. It's a really nice place, uh, you know, for like a little family to uh, to to live and then again combined with the basketball it's so nice that you know the, it's a small it's a little big city right it's, it's like big enough to not get boring and small enough to figure everything out quickly so uh, basketball is focus number one it's a good place to work you know so no complaints on my end so I guess the question the next question would be have you found any good Spetzla or Rotkohl in yeah. Salt Lake City, or maybe some uh, Wiener Schnitzel, maybe some brats. I will. I will be very honest. No, uh, like you know, it's no. There is no chance. Like uh, it's like uh, nothing is like it is at home, food wise. Right. Um, we'll also say though that uh, like Germany is not really known for its food on a general note. So I'm kind of happy with American food, but no, like the real German stuff is not out here. In fact, when I, uh, my, I, I was going to allow you uh, or, or encourage you to show off a little bit for Coach. Is there, you, do you want to uh, thank Coach and congratulate him in a little German? Oh, well, first of all, i got to ask you this, Martin. I've always heard that the Germans say something, and I want you to tell me <laughs> if you've heard the same saying. Wir sind alle in die gleiche Suppe. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. We, we say that, yeah. Yes. We're all, toge- we're all together in it. Yep, 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 oh, yep, yep. Okay, see that? And let me throw this one at you. Man muss das Leben eben nehmen, so wie das Leben eben ist. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so the first one was, we're all together in the same soup, which is great. Yeah. Right? Like, you're right, I, I love it, I love it. And the second one is, uh, you have to take life how it comes. Yep, correct. See, Martin, we got to have you on the show more often. We hey, gotta have I'm, we, we uh, gotta have I'm him. I'm happy. So, <laughs> I can. I, I'll join whenever you just call me. So, so wouldn't you know? Gordon's been telling us all these years he knows German and he's not full of it. Could have fooled. That me. was pretty. That was pretty impressive, to be honest. Uh, uh, well, well, Coach, congratulations on your season. Congratulations on the award. We really appreciate you jumping on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Coach. Mm -hmm. Right back at you. Salt Lake City Stars head coach Martin Schiller. He is the G League Coach of the Year, and uh, he mentioned it uh, as well. Bart Taylor, uh, the vice president of basketball operations for the Stars, named G League Basketball Executive of the Year. So uh, uh, I know this is a a big day over there in that organization. Exchanged uh, some text today with uh, Jonathan Reinhardt, the president, and they're 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 really excited. They've they've worked really hard, as you know, Gordon, over the past several years, and they're they're pretty excited about today in the news. 
Uh, look, Martin Schiller, he's he's a fine young coach. What is he? He's only 38 years old or something, and he's young still. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk too much about his goals, but I think he's got a bright future, don't you? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And he works uh, in – he got into this uh, thoroughly, but uh, he works really well with Coach Schneider. He works really well with the Jazz coaching staff. Uh, he understands what his role is. He's – He's great, and and you can't talk to anybody uh, who doesn't really enjoy working with him too. And I think that that says a lot about somebody how you're viewed by your peers. So let's say Jake, you're in a situation where game's on the line. You want to win that freaking game, uh, but you have a, a, a so-called burgeoning star player who's having an off night. Uh, do you insert him in the final two minutes of a game? just because you want him to get that experience? Or do you put the other guy who really his future is questionable as far as what he might be able to do ever with the, with the, uh, with the mothership, uh, but he's hot as can be on that particular night, do you put him in instead? Well, we've had this discussion before, but uh, in Coach Schiller's uh, case with the Stars, no. I mean, he knows they're there to develop. And they're there to put uh, players in situations. So, yeah, you go with the guy you uh, you think is uh, your best player. But he also said that winning is is what he wants those players to get used to. So I I, I think there he probably argues with himself a little bit on some occasions. Oh, I'm sure there's there's a conflict there, Abs- absolutely. But he he sounds to me like he has a really great grasp uh, uh, on the job and the jazz. You know, uh, Gordon. I know you've you've talked to many people within the organization that uh, really appreciate the role the stars can play. Oh, I think it's getting more and more important that way. Yep. Uh, just think if you if you oh, okay, I'll use a, I'll use a, a verb that I probably shouldn't use, but if you hatch two players out of that program. Who can get who end up on the jazz roster? I think uh, the organization is doing backflips. You know? Oh, one hundred percent. Because some of those guys end up playing not just roles but important roles, rotational kind of roles. Oh, I asked him about Tony Bradley. I yeah, mean, I I thought that would be a good example that he would be excited about because they man he's worked with Tony for a couple of years and there's been some injuries they've overcome a lot and and this this opportunity just showed itself for a, for an instant and Tony Bradley latched hold of that sucker and he played really well this year yeah. really well uh, you know he's a rotational guy but he was an important piece he was their backup big he basically yeah. replaced Derek Favors I mean that's 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 a big role and he played really well in it don't you think that that – I don't know if that's happening more often around the league now, but you and I have talked about this before. Where, remember back in the day where you would draft a player and either he could play or he couldn't? Now it just seems like they, there are guys who at times get overlooked as much analysis that goes on prior to acquiring a player or drafting a player. It it, it seems like – is it my imagination or does it just – are there more players who build themselves into useful pieces on NBA rosters? Yeah, I can't remember. Jonathan uh, Reinhardt likes to throw around the stat, and I wish I could remember exactly what it was. What percentage of the NBA of NBA players had some sort of G League experience? And I think it's over fifty percent now. 
Is it really league. that high? Yeah, and, and that's not players who necessarily you know were undrafted and came up through the G League. The fifty-two percent. Thank you, Austin. That's players like Rudy Gobert who you know played right. a couple of games in the G League. That's anybody with G League experience. So don't get me wrong, but that's a that's a huge number, fifty-two percent. And remember was it, the was Jazz, it Rudy with the Bakersfield Jam was was or was it Boise? It was Bakersfield. Was he it? and uh, uh, oh, now I just lost the name. The oh, little the guard. Kid. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh, man. And uh, Ian Clark. Ian That's Clark. who I'm thinking of, yeah. And he turned out to win a championship with the Warriors. Yeah, he did a, a bunch of guys uh, had G League experience from the Raptors team last year in particular. Like, a lot of their team was, you know, guys who had that sort of experience. We talked it, about even Alex Caruso earlier Nick today. Nurse. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Quinn Snyder has G League experience. Uh, Nick Nurse, G League uh, experience, you know. It's it's a good thing that they're doing with the G League. They're yeah. using it. Uh, they're using it well. And it, isn't it interesting that the NBA is adapting a minor league system where Major League Baseball is trying to to go away from it? Although Major League Baseball's minor league system was vast. Yes, it vast. was. Well, maybe it that became, could be trimmed up a little bit, but it, it became part of the American landscape. Right, yes, it certainly did. I mean, how many smaller towns do you have uh, the, the big uh, big night out during the summer? Is heading on over to watch the well, even look you know, at the, uh, the, the Riversiders or the uh, Rough Riders or the uh, the Raptors. You know. Man, I love Linquist Field. Yeah. Oh yeah, Raptors. That's, yeah, uh, or bees, whatever you know. Or, or of course bees or owls or the the minor league teams we have uh, around here. But um, the NBA certainly is is trying to find a way to really help it benefit the league. I, I did not know that about the, the team that they're creating in L.A., that they'll basically be part of the league, but not really. I did not know that. I thought they'd be full-blown competing in the league. No, I didn't think so. I, th- I thought it was going to be separate. But you can imagine how motivated the teams that play those guys will be uh, to, to give them the what for. Because I imagine that most of the games that those guys play will be observed carefully. Yeah. And it'll give some of these other players an opportunity to show what they can do. So if I were one of those guys on one of the regular rosters, I would want to take it to those guys and take it to them good uh, in order to show what I could do. I, I love the concept of development. I, I think that's so cool that guys – who may be overlooked early on or may not be ready yet, can build themselves into being an NBA player. I I like the notion of it. I like the whole idea. I like the self-belief. When you see the way some of these guys play, by the time they get to the NBA, they're not afraid anymore because, man, they (laughs) they have stared right at the end of their career many, many times before and found a way through. I like it. It's cool. Well, and they're inching towards this. They need to to work on compensation, you know, pay the players a little bit more so that it's a viable uh, alternative to going to Europe. I mean, and they're slowly working on that because it's tough because, I mean, look at baseball. It's expensive, right? So uh, they're, like I said, they're working on that. But, you know, if you could, for a player who, let's say, doesn't get drafted but is really on the edge, if you could pay them enough to keep them here in the States and developing as opposed Mm -hmm. to going overseas, not that they would get bad coaching over there, but I think you get what I mean here under the same umbrella. I think that'll be really helpful. But, um, like I said, they're taking steps toward that because they're paying those one-and-done guys. I mean, they're paying them a decent salary, more so than the other players in the league are making. 
Oh, you mean the the, the colleges are paying them a, a large amount? No, of no, money? no, no. The the uh, I'm, the I'm, one I'm in Delaware. Oh, okay. I'm joking. Well, sorry, I wanted to make sure I was clear. Yeah. The colleges probably are paying them some money. I wonder who pays more. It probably depends on who you are. And plus, now that Duke obviously pays more than Kansas. And now that you can transfer whenever you want in college, you can make those uh, bribe payments over and over and over again. Ah. So it could be really, really <laughs> lucrative. Uh-huh. Zion Williamson joke there. Yeah, gotcha. People what that. university do you think, uh, or its lieutenants or associates, which one do you think pays the best? What university does? Yeah. Uh, you're New Mexico Lobos. <laughs> Hey, they and have, the, a, and the they mud, have a checkered past. And the mud hens of Delaware. Who do you think pays more, Duke or Carolina? Delaware. I said Duke or Carolina. NC State. <laughs> All right. Carolina's enough, got enough more for... money to put out with the uh, Jordan brand there. But... Well, but Duke has Nike. What's Yeah, I guess which is... Yeah. Hmm. Which is the parent company of the Jordan brand. Ah. I don't know, Gordon. What do you think? I don't know. I have a son-in-law who works for the Jordan brand, so maybe I shouldn't comment one way or the other. Is he the bag man? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask. Is he the one dropping off the suitcase full of dough? <laughs> if so, let's get him on the air. Let's talk about uh, this thing. How do yeah. How does one get into a career as a bag man? <laughs> is that something is that something that you can apply for? Hmm. That should Not be a major sure. in college. What'd you major in? Ah, being a bag man. Do you start as a bag man and then you move up to like a sergeant and then a captain somehow know. and then then you uh get out of the mob? I just want I and... want to see the business card that says bag man. Austin Horton, <laughs> bag man. <laughs> Proud to be. Proud back, man. <laughs> All right. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Cleaning has never been so important, and Zero Res is staffed up and ready to serve. Just $33 per room, and right now your fourth room is free. 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon. Did uh, you, uh, Jake, did you see what Bill Raftery, what his answer was when somebody asked him about how he was coping with quarantine? I did, and I think we're going to use it for drop of the day, if I'm not okay, mistaken. Okay, then I, then I won't. Sounds of various clips at 530. Okay, then I won't spoil it. It's pretty funny, though. Yeah, I, I, I did, thought it was clever. I did get a laugh out now of it. Now, that's appointment radio, isn't it? That is appointment <laughs> that is. appointment radio. That's uh, that's for sure. Uh, Gordon, yep. 
Last week, a report surfaced that uh, BYU cornerback Isaiah Heron had entered the uh, transfer portal, and he uh, explained that uh, due to the current climate, he wanted to go to a historically black college to help uh, uh, combat these injustices. Now, uh, he has released an Instagram post, and I'll just read this part here. It's a little longer than this, but uh, he says, quote, With a little more time to think, I have made the decision to stay here at BYU. I realized I can have an impact in this state by opening eyes here and help other African Americans in Utah because of the small amount of diversity that's here. I'm looking forward to using my opportunities here to make a positive impact. Good for him. That sounds good to me. I mean... Yeah, I I could see him having an impact here, can't you? One hundred percent. Yeah, and I I um I like his willingness to to do that. Um, who are we talking to uh, when we were talking about getting outside uh, your comfort zone? Um, but anyway, I, I I appreciate somebody from a different background, which would come to a place why like BYU, or certainly, uh, or I would guess he's out of his comfort zone in a in a place that's that's very different, and then you know think to himself, hey, this is somewhere where I can have an impact. You know, this is mm-hmm. somewhere where yeah. I can be an example and be a voice, and I I admire that. I I think that takes a lot of maturity to come to that conclusion. Actually, I agree with that, and that's that's a nice save for for BYU from a football playing standpoint but also from an influence standpoint in my opinion absolutely i mean i uh do you remember uh this year um when uh when jaron hall got his first start at quarterback and it was the first uh uh african-american to start at quarterback at byu and do you remember will snowden coming on the air and and the pride and him talking about what a big deal that was to him personally as a black graduate at BYU. It was really a, a, an amazing interview, and it, it certainly has stuck with me. And, and we love Will here on this station, and he helps us out greatly with our, our BYU coverage. And check him out at Alpha Recruits. He does some, some great work there. But, it, you know, I, I remember what a big deal that was to him. And uh, it, you can talk to him about how he feels about his impact at BYU as somebody from a different background. And uh, I think... I think that takes some courage to play that role. And like I said, I admire it. Yes, I I couldn't agree with you more, Jake. I couldn't agree with everything you said more. And that's that's good. That's good to have. I remember talking to Margin Hooks about this. uh, And we've had Margin on. Remember when we talked to him about that? And he was saying how, in BYU's case, that it's nothing but positive to have more diversity uh, in and around that university and for the benefit of all those who come there and those who go there and then can educate others. And uh, I'm all for that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, here's the thing, Gordon, this is this sports is such a great vehicle for stuff like this. You know, it's not a surprise. You know, sometimes these uh, these statements and uh, this particular cause comes up in sports a lot. I mean, even you know, going back to somebody like Jackie Robinson, because sports is a it's a great vehicle. It's a great vehicle for communicating messages. And it's so, you know, so competition uh, based. You know, it's not about uh, background or skin color or anything like that. It's about competition. Who's the best? Who's the best out there on the field? And it provides a, a stage for people to have a voice who maybe wouldn't have it. And I, I, I think it's cool when, when athletes re- respect and appreciate that. And I hope he does make a change 
or, or have some influence down there at BYU and will influence some hearts and minds down there. I think that's a great thing. We've talked about that before as well, Jake, the whole idea of who gets to play and who doesn't, who ascends to certain certain status on a team and who doesn't. It's got to be by attitude and ability. Yep. And if, if somebody has that, then it doesn't matter. That, that That is in no way discriminatory. At least it shouldn't be. Right. Uh, and and then the influence goes from there because players on the team look up to those who fill certain positions and uh, become leaders on a team. So yeah, I I, I think that th- there isn't enough of that in this state. I wish there were more, and maybe maybe there will be more yeah. uh, to the benefit of all. All right, uh, we'll get to the not sports report coming up next. Do you have a do you have a tease for us, Gordon? I got a couple things. Uh, one of them has already been shot down. I may I may uh, sneak it in there, but uh, I got a couple other things here that we, uh, Wait, we most been, definitely it's have It's been to get shot to. down, but yet you're going to sneak it in? Yeah, yeah, because Austin, Austin kind of poo-pooed it, but I may go ahead with it anyway. I, I want the official record to show that that's accurate. Yeah, and, <laughs> I have nothing to do with it. And Actually, Austin, it was Austin's idea in the first nah, place. Huh? I was going to say, Austin's <laughs> judgment on these matters is usually pretty good. Maybe you should follow it. Well, that'd be a day. <laughs> what what makes you think it's so good? Uh, he, he's the producer. It's his his job, and I think he's good at his job. What uh, makes you he, think he's so bad? No, I think he's good at his job as well. I just think in matters of judgment, sometimes Chester has a good idea too. Well, that's uh, never I rest true. My case. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, or not? I disagree with that one hundred percent. All oh, right. Man. All right. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. Locke joins us at the top of the five o'clock hour, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time. We do it every day at this time. For the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, I got three items today. The first one is in Pennsylvania. Did you see this story about a Pennsylvania mom who was arrested and charged for being her son's getaway driver? When he allegedly held up a store at gunpoint and made off with $3,570. Well, good for her. That's good parenting right there. Well, there's nothing a mom won't do for her baby, right? That's what I'm saying. Are you trying to tell me that if uh, Lauren came to you and said, Dad, I'm going to go rob a convenience store and I need you to get the, the, the Ferrari out of the garage and drive me and be a getaway driver, you're telling me you'd say no? Come on now. I know you better than that. Lori Ann McHenry, who's 52, admitted to driving her son, Stephen James Martin, 28, to and from Sam's Place Lottery and Tobacco in Montoursville in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, She carried out an armed robbery, according to authorities. According to the affidavit, McHenry confessed to cops that she drove Martin to the store, dropping him off and then picking him back up once the alleged robbery was over. Yeah, some good momming right there. <laughs> Remarkable. And then there's this. According to Will Farrell, 
Waiting Crashers 2 is being written. Lame. How do do we feel about that? Well, if it's from him, that means it's going to focus on that Chaz character? Is that? He didn't say he was writing it. He just mentioned that it was being written. Can we just leave these good movies alone? They they don't need a crappy sequel to diminish their value. What do you think will happen? What's supposed to happen in Wedding Crashers 2? Is everybody going to break up? I don't know. But, like, like, look at Anchorman 2. That might have been the worst movie ever made. Hmm. Can't we just leave well enough alone? I am torn on it because Wedding Crashers was funny. That's the point. It was amazing. It, yeah. It's one of my very favorite movies. We don't need a sequel. We don't want a sequel. Don't put out a sequel. Well, uh, two words. Godfather 2. And Indiana Jones. There are very few, though. I get your examples, but they're very few. And do they do they come decades after the fact? In fact, the the Godfather that did come decades after the fact was awful. <laughs> and then there's this, Jake. I uh, was reading online about uh, an argument that took place between a husband and a wife trying to decide who should get. You know, they they they've had their fill of kids, and they wanted to decide whether. She was going to get her tubes tied, or he was going to go in for the big V. And uh, what, 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 what? Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, no. I hate this segment. Do you? <laughs> well, I, everyone begged you. No. Everyone, everyone always says that the vasectomy is less traumatic for the man than the the, the tubes tied for the woman. Right? Isn't that the? Isn't that what you always hear? Well, but I don't know. I've talked to some guys who had to, who had to sit on ice bags for a week after oh, those, that. Those poor babies. Yeah. Right. What's your point? <laughs> and by the way, we we talked about this during the break, and I I googled it and read it to you that yes, it is a more serious procedure. Way to make it sound so spontaneous, Jake. Appreciate that. <laughs> What do you mean spontaneous? You said in the last segment you brought this up and Austin shot it down. What <laughs> That's do you mean true. spontaneous? I, I know, about? but you doing the research on it. And by the way, do you trust that research? Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> also, what about the fact that even if that research were wrong, the woman had human beings ripped from her body. You didn't. <laughs> While you were in the lobby so having a cigar. So how about now that it's yeah. time to not have any more human beings ripped from her body, you give your body up for some of this, huh? How about that, Chuck? I agree with Austin here. Well, listen to you guys. You're just kissing up to your wives. It's just, what is what that? What are you what? talking about? Uh, no, no, there's no kissing up to the wife. That's, that's a legit, well-thought-out opinion. <laughs> I'll sit on ice. And and by the I way, I can do that. And by the way, how not selfish I do a of lot you, of Austin. sitting anyway, so why not well, throw some ice I've, under there? Yeah, can't you see Austin in there producing the show with a bag, sitting on a bag of ice? If that's what he and his family decided, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I've, I, I've I have seen to, real uh, buy in on Austin's logic here. I've seen real discussion on this topic, and because a lot of well, I don't want to necessarily get into the, the details, but. Uh, there, there is room for discussion because sometimes the uh, on the part of the mom or the, the wife, uh, the, she may be in there already for something else. And, you know, while you're at it, why don't you just do that? She's not a Buick. <laughs> She's not in for an oil change. Like, yeah, throw an air filter in there while you're in there. Stop. Yeah, I'm not coming along with you on this one, buddy. 
Well, I'm not even saying one way or the other conclusively. Hey, while we're here, could you? Yeah. God. No. I'm not following your logic here either. This topic came right from a cave. Yeah. You, well, you guys, you guys are, are betraying your gender. Fine. How so? I'm happy to if that is the case. <laughs> Sucks to my gender if that's the case. Yeah, how so? What, what are you talking about? Because so often the, the guys are told, uh, you go have that done because it's easier for you. And? Well, it depends on, it's a case-by-case basis, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> never, I've never heard of a man delivering a baby. And I well, I know, but of... then I have heard of men swelling up like the Goodyear blimp. But I, I for know... ten months. But, but what are you saying? Like, what, what, what is the sacrifice here? Like, I know plenty of men who've gotten vasectomies, and they're not any less men. Usually, they do it over March. No, Madness I know. I'm talking. To a, work. Yeah. I'm talking about the process, Jake. I'm not talking about being less of a man. You said they betrayed their gender. No, I said you are, because you're making it sound like it's much easier for the man than it is for the woman. It's because it is. It's because it is. And it's easier to undo, too, if you change your mind. Yeah, you ever seen The Office? <laughs> that is one of the funniest bits in The Office. I have not seen that episode, but one of my good friends, he had a vasectomy, and uh, like 10 months later, he had another child. And I said, wait, didn't you say you got a vasectomy? He said... Just look for an Olympic swimmer uh, by with the last name of his name in the year get it. 2040. You draw me a uh, picture. I believe uh, what is, Antonio Cromartie had a vasectomy and still had another kid. Like his 16th yeah, child or something. Yeah, I don't think it was 16, ridiculous but it was, he's got a lot of kids. Yeah. It was, I think it was double digits. It, it might have been double digits, but yeah, he, so, so, he even said, <laughs> I got a vasectomy and still... Had another kid. So for the record, you're saying that all guys should uh, get on in to see the doctor when it's that time. Uh, that's not what I said. What, what do you mean when it's that time? Maybe somebody doesn't want to get that procedure or, or want to. Uh, maybe somebody really enjoys latex. I don't know. Well, no, what I'm, sa- <laughs> what I'm saying is... That's we, not yeah, we, on air. No, you should have dumped the that. The streaming that's, people will hear that. But. Yeah, well... See, I'm trying to keep it above board yeah. and look what Jake does. He right. sullies the whole thing. As I usual, was, the Not Sports Report, Jake ruins it. I was making a, a point that that might not be an option. <laughs> Gordon's about family would. radio, and then here comes Jake Scott. <laughs> true. Shame on you, Jake. Not true. Not true. No, I'm just, Thank you. I'm just yeah. saying that when it comes to time when people don't uh, have had. It's, what, is it on the, the calendar? Yeah. What, what What's that well, time? No, you, no, you know it when it comes to that and, time. And what did you and do? And then, some, then someone's got to do something, what right? Did, what did, how did you tackle it? Uh, I didn't. Neither one of us did. No, see? Well, it hasn't been that time now, has it? Well, I mean, but for some if people, if you were to ask Lisa's right opinion, what would it be? Uh, something tells me I would have been the one going to see the doctor, but it never came to that. You what if he had changed? Betraying more your gender, sir! <laughs> How dare you? Well, I have a feeling that would have been her opinion. I didn't say I would. I would uh, subjugate myself to that. <laughs> okay, I wow. think we all know how that would have played out. How? <laughs> Oh, well, let's see. You'd be looking, the, the bag of peas would not be blocking the freezer from shutting anymore. <laughs> right. Well put. 
Well, but the, oh, Lisa, first of all, the freezer, it's shutting too easily. I don't know. First why. of all, it was never a bag of peas. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that straight. Second of all, well, I guess there are other ways you can, you can, uh, you know, take care. But a lot of times uh, when a woman has her, what she thinks might be her last child, you know, the doctor might say, hey, if, if you're done, then we can go ahead and do that, too. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. It might be different for different couples, but... What a show. <laughs> what a show. Austin, what are you afraid of, man? You're, you're, what are you afraid of? What's, what's frightening you? Uh, the children whose parents haven't talked to them about this before. <laughs> listening to our show, as I did with my father, listening to David Locke every day. Locke's coming up next. That's why I said that. Yeah, that was <laughs> And you know what I never learned on Locked on Sports? Human anatomy. Well, we'll ask him what his advice is. We'll, Stay we'll, tuned we, for will that. Not, we will not be doing that. No. Either that he's or a how numbers to get, guy. How to... Either that or how to get hit in the head with a t-shirt cannon. Well, more big show. Ward Cleaver, Jake Scott. We'll get to more straight ahead. <laughs> I, I apologize, really. I didn't mean it to go in this direction, but, you know, we should have snipped it at the bud. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.